Welcome to the Tech and Podcast Series. I'm Mark Gibson, KPMG's US Technology, Media and Telecommunications Leader. And on this podcast, I'm joined by leaders across industries to discuss pressing issues and technology's impact on business and the world around us. And today I'm thrilled to be joined by Chad Seiler, our lead partner from our deal advisory practice serving the TMT industry. Today, Chad and I are diving into tech and M&A, which is a really hot topic these days and is all in the news. So Chad, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Mark, for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, Chad, it seems like everywhere I look in the media these days, online, in print publication on TV, it's all about the deal market and just things seem to be crazy. But I'd love to start with a broad question and get your sense of, uh, you know, what's the state of the tech M&A market uh, right now? Thanks, Mark. I think saying that the tech M&A market is, is hyperactive right now is probably an understatement. Um, when COVID hit, it went very quiet very quickly outside of some processes that were already in motion sort of in, in the early parts of 2020. And when it snapped back, as we moved later into the summer and into the fall, the scale of the snapback in terms of the volume and value of deals we saw was really surprising to us and many others in the marketplace as well. I think, in fact, in the second half of 2020, where all the action was, showed significant, and in some cases, mark record activity. When we think about the quantum of capital put to work in M&A, not seen really since the dot-com bubble, uh, we saw record M&A transactions, various mega transactions, both in software and in semiconductors. And we saw record deployment of VC dollars into tech companies, as well as some high pro- higher profile IPOs, some of which saw some really incredible bumps on their valuations right after launch. And of course, we're all familiar with SPAC activity, which was literally off the charts compared to prior periods. And all the investment banking advisors showed record fees. The M&A advisors in the market were completely flat out. Believe me, I can speak to that personally. And and, and the lockdown that caused the global pandemic was playing out at the same time. It's just amazing the quantum of activity that got done without people getting on flights and, and really going anywhere. So I think continuing into Q1, uh, that we just ended, we saw global M&A at $1.3 trillion for, for all industries, which is just an incredible print uh, for Q1 activity, just just absolutely off the charts. And Mark, when I think about, from a pure tech perspective, what's underpinning all of this, I think about three key fundamentals. The first is the desire and the need to do M&A. I mean, we all know how fast the tech landscape changes and how the pace of new startups and new funding rounds and innovation have always driven M&A in the tech sector, primarily as a result of the need to use M&A as an offensive tool to position the scope of one's tech business for growth. Meanwhile, we've seen PE investors who have always pursued tech businesses with the right mix of financial profile, the ability to consume add-on acquisitions, and all the, all the while the ability to increase EBITDA as being sort of a very attractive uh, market for them to play in as well. And, you know, COVID took the always dynamic world of tech M&A and just completely disrupted it in just a matter of weeks and accelerated some parts of the market at incredible paces and rates and, you know, fueling M&A all the while. And this is, and will continue in our minds, Mark, to play out in various key areas, such as digital transformation, which is wide ranging in scale, IoT, 5G, the intelligent edge, and all the things that need to run global supply chains around the world. Anything as a service, including the infrastructure and connectivity required to make it all work. Clearly, IT security is hot, where 
existing M&A was accelerated by some super cycles on the back of some high profile breaches during COVID. We know e-commerce and fintech's been hot as players vie for bigger roles in the value chains and banks seek to expand their digital offerings. And clearly semiconductors where large players continue using high valued equity is its currency to consolidate for scale. So beyond the desire and the need, a couple other quick points, Mark, is, is second is that financial ability to do M&A. Right now, most tech companies have significant amount of cash on their balance sheet, some at record levels, which together with high equity valuations results in adequate capital to deploy on M&A. And this is all in an environment with low borrowing costs, which is very helpful to private equity. And then finally, the third ingredient here driving all of this, Mark, is is confidence. Um, and I'm referring to sort of this Goldilocks moment, if you will, that you know the elections cleared out, a lot of the macro uncertainties that we faced in the middle of 2020 are off to the side now. We began to see light at the end of the tunnel in Q4 around the pandemic uh, with the vaccines rolling out um, here in the last few months. And the public markets have been on fire in H220 and into Q1 with new highs almost by the week. So together, this has driven a lot of confidence among management teams and boards to do M&A. And as people do more in M&A, they see more M&A and confidence in the others to do more M&A. So the cycle continues to carry on. I'm actually not surprised to hear how hot the tech market is. You think about technology. We've talked in, with other guests on this podcast series about the, the influence technology has, whether it's ESG, its resiliency during COVID, its role in innovation and sort of driving the future I guess it only makes sense that the tech M&A market would be would be hot right now. One of the things you mentioned in, in your remarks was private equity. How do you see private equity? What's the role they're playing and how do we see that developing? Yeah, Mark, PE investors were always indexing more and more of their time, energy and capital toward technology even prior to the pandemic. They've been extremely active deal makers over the past eight to 10 months during that pandemic. Overall, PE activity just in Q1 21 was nearly double what it was a year ago in Q120 with, with technology and healthcare sort of leading the way in terms of activity. Meanwhile, we've seen fundraising continue to be very strong and add-on activity, which is where you know portfolio companies of, of private equity-owned uh, businesses are, are adding on and doing acquisitions themselves, all backed by the PE teams. Those are driving roughly 60% of all PE deals by volume right now. So very, very active. And as we click into it, there's really three things we're observing, Mark. Firstly, it's the PE largely focuses on companies that have certain characteristics, such as recurring revenue streams, strong margin and cash flow conversion profiles, the ability to execute add-on deals, as I mentioned, and the opportunity for performance improvement over time to drive growth in, in EBITDA. And right now, I think we're seeing PE-backed deals representing one in three tech deals that we've seen in the market over the past six months as a result. The second as we continue seeing PE firms make bets on certain companies that were negatively impacted earlier on in the pandemic, where they can take equity positions at a discount and benefit from the turnaround later. So we saw some of that earlier on in the cycle. And then third, we're observing some PE deal teams seeking opportunities to acquire complex carve-outs from large corporates. And while that's not new, Mark, right now we're seeing a willingness by some of these funds to take on greater operational risk is a carve out and stand up businesses and really complex transactions. And I think beyond traditional LBO activity, many PE fund managers continue deploying significant growth equity as well into the market and take large minority positions and later stage companies. And we're also seeing 
the same activity and convergence around VC. We're seeing just more and more VC dollars going in, but going in later and later stages of this life cycle of a company. So, and our listeners are all well aware, like the significance of SPACs and, and the role that they've played in all of this and the role that PE has played in, in backing a lot of those SPACs. So I think all in, we certainly expect our PE clients to remain highly active going forward. There's a lot of dry powder to put to work and a lot of ANSI LPs looking for that to be put to work in technology. Our tech practice and our PE practice has never been more closely linked than they are now. And, and, and often they're, they're almost one sector when we think about how we look at the market and, and for a lot of the reasons you just identified. Hey, Chad, one more question for you today. And before I ask you, I'm going to tell you up front that you cannot just answer by saying tired. But my question <laughs> to you is, you know, how is your team feeling about the M&A activity through the balance of 2021 and beyond? Yeah, I think beyond tired, Mark, which certainly we have a lot of tired folks from all the activity the last six to nine months. I think people are feeling pretty, uh, pretty confident in what's ahead of us. Uh, all the all of the core fundamentals that I just stacked through in terms of the desire and the need to do M&A, the financial wherewithal to do it and, and the confidence to do it are all are all nicely in place. And there's certainly some concern around the administration, which may alter tax rates and tax rules around capital gains, and that may or may not accelerate M&A activity as dealmakers race the clock to kind of avoid higher taxes. But if I break down the, the aggregate by, by sort of segment, Mark, I think the big established mature corporate players, the big names at the very top end of the market, they're going to continue to seek large transformational deals to maintain their dominance and stave off the up-and-comers behind them. But I think with the new administration, there are some questions out there as to you know how uh, Washington's going to look at some of the antitrust concerns that they've been um, talking about at this end of the market and the extent to which that may mute the volume of some of these larger would-be deals. Uh, but again, I think that's a narrower slice of the market that's that's facing that concern. Uh, meanwhile, the large and upcomers, uh, those with market cap, say around 50 billion plus or minus, I think they're going to be even more aggressive than they have been as they seek to compete, and in some cases, even leapfrog some of those larger incumbents. And we've also seen more and more discussions with traditional industrial and consumer companies, Mark, looking to acquire tech companies as they also seek to sort of expand their broader capabilities and shape the scope of their businesses as everybody observes technology proliferating everything and everywhere. So uh, we also believe the IPO market's gonna remain strong given the amount of late stage capital being deployed right now in the market, which is often often something we see happening uh, ahead of an IPO. And you know whether or not the SPAC market cools further than it is doing right now, I think we still expect traditional IPOs and SPACs to drive M&A activities as companies use M&A again as a tool to drive top line growth in an effort to expand their valuations. Chad, really, really insightful stuff. I, I know, I love your analogy that we've got a Goldilocks moment and I know you're right in the middle of all of that. Uh, so thank you for taking the time to, to share your perspectives and your insights with us today. And thank you to all of our listeners for taking time to listen to this edition of our Tech and Podcast. We hope you found it insightful and we look forward to bringing future sessions to you as we go forward. So thanks again. <laughs>